Alex Pearson, good to have you here. If you want to send me a note, you can, Alex, at 640toronto.com. Or at Alex Pearson Amp. That's where else you can get me. And uh, just getting some news uh, coming across the wire that Maxime Bernier has been tossed out of the PC shadow cabinet. So he's been kicked out of his critics role. This, of course, all having to do with supply management and um, because he has been very critical about supply management. So we'll see what kind of details we can get. But that has just come down now. That's a big move. That's going to that's going to cheese off. Pardon the uh, pun, but that's going to really irritate a lot of conservatives. Let's talk about Mr. Trump, um, you know, and ask the question, is is there a method to his madness? And there may be. Even the mooch. Scaramucci is talking out and saying, "Ah, relax, this is just part of the negotiating process. Well, maybe it is. It's not very fun to be part of. Uh, But there's no question. It's his unpredictability that gives him the upper hand in negotiations. And that's because no one can figure out what's going to make him tick. What's he going to do next? And on the global stage, he has been uh, tough and decisive. But the cost seems to be coming at the expense of the United States' closest allies. So while he's cuddling up to this murderous dictator with the whole goal of uh, denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, he's now seen and seeing Canada as an enemy. And he's escalating his attacks on our prime minister, saying that Canada will pay a great cost for Trudeau saying something as benign, as nothing, as, you know, Canada will not be pushed around. Ooh, and even the most experienced Canadian leaders, they can't figure out because they've never seen this kind of saber rattling. And here is the former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney. Well, these are like serious summer squalls, and they come on you abruptly, and they dissipate just as quickly. So you don't think it's serious? I think it's serious, but uh, because it's serious doesn't mean it's lethal. Brian's pretty chill. Maybe he knows something we don't. But uh, is this just saber rattling? Because we're now apparently just days from tariffs that uh, could be extremely costly for our country. Let's bring in someone who can give us a bit of insight into this. Colin Robertson joins us. He's the former VP and fellow at the Canadian Global Affairs Institute. Hello there. Good to be with you, Alex. Brian Mulroney seems to kind of be taking this all in stride. Um, Is he downplaying this or, you know, serious but not fatal what we're going through? Oh, I think it's serious, and I think uh, Brian Mulroney, who is highly experienced, put it in perspective. I say that we will get through it, but it will take a fair bit of uh, attention, and I think we need to be prepared uh, for uh, uh, all possibilities, including that Mr. Trump will indeed rescind the North American Free Trade Agreement, and he certainly has applied tariffs on our steel and aluminum industry. These are this is serious, and, and he may well up apply within a matter of months tariffs on the auto industry. And mm-hmm. if that were to happen, that would really, uh, would do, we would then have to wonder why we are engaged in North American free trade agreement negotiations, because the, one of the, uh, arguably the heart of the North American free trade agreement is the, uh, the most traded commodity is our, our autos. And, and it was, of course, the original uh, Auto Pact 1965, which then turned into the Canada-U.S. Free Trade Agreement, then the NAFTA. So this is serious, but it, negotiation is the way to resolve it as long as the United States is prepared to negotiate in good faith 
and the kind of comments that have been made by most senior officials uh, today they walked back some but the the uh the suggestion that the prime minister could hey i mean that's extraordinary i've never seen that before and normally if somebody an official were to make that they would be obliged to resign the next day Okay, but but maybe this is part of the art of the deal, this good cop, bad cop, you know, take a hit and then stand back and say, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that because Mr. Trump himself, he's not slowing down. He keeps taking hits at Mr. Trudeau, condemning him for what I, I see. Uh, and I think most would look at it as a as a pretty basic comment to say, yeah, Canada is not going to be pushed around. Or are we missing something in the language the prime minister used that was somehow offensive? No, I don't think we are. I think the prime minister, up to the prime minister's job, uh, is to defend the Canadian interests, and certainly Prime Minister Mulroney would agree with that. I think the Prime Minister Mulroney said, and in fact, what has been heartening about this is that there has been a kind of rally round the prime minister, the vote, the unanimous vote in the House of Commons yesterday, support mm-hmm. for not not on a partisan basis, but the prime minister is representative of Canada and Canadian interests, and uh, you know Canadians are going to have to think about. Do they have a role in this? Because probably some sacrifices are going to have to be made, uh, whether we negotiate in a North American Free Trade Agreement 2.0 or whether we have to respond. Because let's not forget, tariffs or uh, whatever we retaliate and the tariffs we're going to put on American goods effectively amount to a, a cost to consumers because, sure. in fact, the price goes up. So that means some sorry. But if, if, if we have to do this to demonstrate to the American to the Trump administration are resolved, and in doing so, acting collectively, because Mr. Trump is not aiming just at Prime Minister Trudeau, he's aiming at the European Union, he's yeah. aiming at Japan, he's aiming at Mexico, and collectively, if we take retaliatory action, in the past, if you do it collectively, the, uh, the administration may not respond, but members of Congress do, because they have interests in each of their districts or in their state, and they say, Thank you very much. No, let's work this out. Right. And so, look, there's a, a number of things that, that could be happening here. Clearly, um, you know, we've got the midterm elections that maybe this is saber rattling to uh, shore up the base for Mr. Trump. Uh, maybe this is used as a, a technique to make uh, Mr. Trump look like a big old mean guy to uh, his new you know, friend in North Korea. I don't know what his method is to the madness, uh, but it is his unpredictability that seems to, you know, it seems to be able to turn things on their head and get him the results that he wants, despite the fact of who it hurts. And in this case, would be a very valuable relationship with one of its oldest allies uh, and trading partners. Oh, I think that's absolutely right. And I think, but we have to remember that he campaigned on America first. And then in his inaugural speech, talked about buy American, hire America, and he has he really has stuck to that piece of it. And I think there was a lot of thought that, well, he would moderate somewhat once he became uh, president. But uh, that that has not happened. And uh, as we witnessed on the weekend, he, he doesn't seem to have a lot of time for what, those who, uh, who are America's closest allies, which, of course, Canada, but the European Union, uh, Japan. Uh, he seems much more comfortable often dealing with... Uh, People like Kim Jong Un and uh, Vladimir Putin talk about and Vladimir other, Putin, who yeah. he wants to bring into the uh, the G seven. That's so the, the the traditional norms have been broken, and I think that uh, Canada, in tandem with uh, like minded constructive powers, are going to have to respond because Trump has been the classic bully, and you ultimately, if you can't reason with them, you have to stand up to them. 
Yeah, uh, and I'm not sure, you know, maybe whether Mr. Trudeau was was naive in in doing the charm offensive because that worked for a little while. Again, I'm not really sure what he was kind of damned, I think, if he did, damned if he didn't. And and there's lots of room for blame to go around. Do you get the sense that we're pushing, that Mr. Trump is pushing and trying to to force Canada into a bilateral agreement and cut Mexico out altogether? Yes, and in fact, that was a stated objective of the United States from the outset of Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross said exactly that. They preferred to have dual... But but that, you know, you referred to the art of the deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you read the book, and that's straight out of the art of the deal. He, he, as a uh, businessman to deal in construction, he always wanted to do one-on-one. He never wanted to be in a kind of a group, and and I think he's taken that same approach to diplomacy. He's not interested in multilateralism because he feels that the United States has so much more weight that therefore... They can basically roll mm-hmm. the smaller partner. And, well, we're not small. We're sort of middle. Uh, we were much stronger, I think, when we work with Mexico because we share more in common. And if we take action together, then we have more hefts. So I think from a Canadian perspective, I understand why Donald Trump would say that. But from a Canadian perspective, we are much stronger working with Mexico. And let's not forget that our, our trade with Mexico, Mexico is now our third largest trading partner. Why would some have suggested you throw Mexico under the bus? Yeah. I think this is madness. Mexico uh, went from being our 17th trading partner to our third largest trading partner. We have exactly the same sort of goals in this, uh, on dispute settlement, on access to government procurement, on, on so many issues. We're not exactly in parallel, but why, why would we treat one partner? Because then he'll just turn on us. Yeah. If you were advising the prime minister, what would your strategy or uh, advice to him be? Well, I think, first of all, he should, uh, especially given the events, I think we, we need to think about, as I say, the plan B, life after NAFTA and uh, the effect of further American tariffs, which means sitting down, I think, with the premiers who are closest to business and mm-hmm. saying, OK, how is this going to affect your province? Yeah. How are we going to provide adjustment to those who are going to be affected? Uh, sit down with business and say, how is this going to affect you? Uh, at the same time, with the premiers say, we've got some We've opened up new markets in, in Asia and through the, uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership and in Europe through the, the new, for uh, of the Canada, basically Canada-Europe Free Trade Agreement. Let's take full advantage of these and let's demonstrate that this is really important. I'm going to have Parliament sit into the summer. We're going to pass the necessary enabling legislation for both the Trans-Pacific Partnership because once we give effect to it, then it will take effect because you've got five countries have already signed on. It just needs a sixth. Right now, it's not scheduled to happen until next year, but this is important. Let's get it done. Let's also finish up the, the Canada-Europe trade agreement and say to the Europeans, you're in the same boat. You pass this as well, because this will indicate to the United States that, that we are looking at alternatives. Yeah. We should probably talk to China and say, all right, you really want a free trade, but not on your terms, on our terms as well. Yeah. We have things you want. Uh, and I think then the government also has to have explained to Canadians the kind of situation we're in and... and Canadians themselves may think about, well, I was going to go to the States for a vacation. One way you put pressure on the States is I'm not going to go to the States. We're the biggest tourist dollars to the States. We're also the biggest buyers from the States. And if Canadians said, well, when I go in the store, I'm going to buy the Mexican orange uh, rather than the California or Florida orange, that will be felt. And you, that there is an, already there's a lot of pressure within Congress. They think the president has gone too far and are, are on satisfied. The midterms are coming. I think one thing Donald Trump does understand is uh, where his base is, and that's particularly with the farm community.
Yeah. <laughs> and that's a, yeah, that takes us into a new conversation. I have to leave it there. Thank you so much for your insight. That is Colin Robertson uh, joining us tonight, uh, you know, with some valuable kind of, you know, a look into what might be happening and where this could go here on Point on Global News Radio.